This is a short bite episode of Homeschool Together. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together Short Bite Edition. Today we're going to talk about Carcassonne. And it's the, a classic. The, it, it's it's the game that started it all. It did. It's it was it was our first game when we were it dating. Was, it was like our first date, Ariel. Take a, take take oh, the people no, back. We're not, not going to do take this. them back. Take them back. Where was our first date? They want to know these. This is the see, real one or the official one. The the official one. No, not the official one. What was the our real one? It was Denny's. Denny's. Yeah. Our official one Guys, was I, a I, very nice Italian restaurant. Yeah, forget about that. The, <laughs> it was Denny's. Denny's is the endearing memory. <laughs> we were in college, y'all. <laughs> it was Denny's followed up by Seven Eleven parking lot no no, no it was 7-eleven first and then, then denny's. The denny's where we ran into my sister right who then at who then 1 a.m i think yeah yeah i don't know why. i don't know we were in college we were, we in, were college. in college so anyway our, Anyways. our first our first date is as romantic as us first time playing carcassonne yeah well we <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't remember where we had heard about it it's been you know it's been 16 years now so i, I don't remember <gasps> But I remember when we moved in together, this was like the first game that we went and bought that we were like, wow, this is super cool. Well, it's something like unlike anything we'd ever played before. It it was. It, it was. I you know, my family is always very into board games growing up. We had we had a lot of Monopoly and Scrabble and this those kind of games. This is back when you needed the dot edu email address just to get it onto Facebook. Right. Yeah, this was a long, long time back. And yeah, so it, it it's interesting. We saw this and we we picked it up because it was just it was one of the early German board games that had made the hop across the pond here mm-hmm. to us. And it's amazing as our very first game, the totally the gateway game that got us into all the rest of it. Um it was our first one and it still remains um, uh, really a favorite of ours. And now we get to play it with our daughter and it's a great game schooling game too, mm-hmm. which is just like double bonus. So we thought we would talk about it um, on the short bite today. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk. So it's a tile based game. It's a tile mm-hmm. flipping based game. So you, right. you basically have a whole massive array of tiles and you have a starting either um, uh, segment or a piece. Um, I know we have the river edition where we actually start the right, river. Right, and it actually comes with the river now. And so yeah, just, you, you, know. you, you assemble the river and then you build the river. So yeah, on every turn, it's it's all a medieval. So there's a there's a city in southern France uh, called Carcassonne that still has a medieval fortress. And someday we are going there and we're going to play Carcassonne just like we played Alhambra next to the Alhambra. We did. We have pictures of us playing the Alhambra at the Alhambra. Right. So we're going to do it someday, y'all. I'm telling you now. Um, but <gasps> Homeschool together on the road. <laughs> yeah, Carcassonne at Carcassonne. <laughs> well, so we're, we are this nerdy. This is you're in this. This is this nerdy. So um, it's a it's a medieval game. Uh, basically, on every tile, there's going to be a bit of a landscape. So it might be just a bit of grass. It might be a road. It could be a town, a piece of a of a, of a medieval town, or it could be um, a, an abbey. Um, so each one of them has some different rules, but basically. Uh, there's there's matching involved. So when mm-hmm. you pick up this tile, you have to place it somewhere on the board that it could legally go, that it matches the t- pieces around it. And then secondly, you have to make a decision. You have like, I think seven maybe or eight little meeples, little mm-hmm. um, wooden people that you can place on the tile that you just lay down. And those people could be, um, you could either claim a city or claim a road or an abbey 
or farm um, open field. Yeah, and based on what you play, it determines what they are. Are they a farmer? Are they? A, was it a robber on the road? On the road, there's or, different yeah. different things, and and based on what you play, you have a potential to score a certain number of points. When you play, most often, um, unless there's tiles all the way around it, you will. Uh, you won't know exactly how many points you will get for it because it's the start. Maybe it's the start of a road or the start of a city. You're not sure how big it's going to get. So there's some mental calculation where you're trying to figure out if it's worth it. You only have so many guides that you, you gotta, can play. Yeah, you got to do a little bit of economizing on, on the people that on you're the playing. People. And some people that you'll play will be there for the entire game, like farmers. Um, but then there's ways to recover your meeples by closing off roads or closing off cities where you can then claim the points. Yeah, or abbeys. You get your, yeah, or the cloister, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you get your meeple back, which you can then play again. Right. So depending on, you know, do you put your guy down or not? So it, just in the mechanics as far as a child is concerned, when we play with our five-year-old, she's picking up a tile. She's got to match it around. Um, and then we're just starting to do some simple scoring addition with her. Like, mm-hmm. okay, um, if you play your guy here, you don't have very much potential for points. Whereas if you play him over here, you might be able to get more. Mm-hmm. It's a super simple game, but it involves some probability as well. Mm-hmm. There's only a certain number of tiles in the game and of certain configuration. So if you're waiting for this one specific tile and there's only two of them in the game, that m- might not come up for you, right? So um, so there's some probability, there's color matching, there's addition. Uh, it's It's got a lot of great elements. It kind of... It's very easy to play, but there's endless strategy with it, trying to figure out, you know, what's best to play and where's best to use your people and and things. So our five-year-old can totally play it and enjoy it, and we as adults enjoy playing it. And and that's multi-generational games are just the best. It's got a great theme, nice, thick um, cardboard tiles that have held up 16 years of us playing it. And two children And two children. um, So really great. It used to be a Rio Grande game. We, We owned it back we bought it back when it was Rio Grande. Now it's uh, Z-Man Games, which uh, is also the company that puts out Pandemic, the game, not the actual Pandemic. Well, we don't know. You know <laughs> <there>. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so <laughs> that's one we might recommend on a future episode when we're not actually living in a pandemic because that just seems callous. Um, yes. But um, but a good game nonetheless. Uh, so anyways, Carcassonne, it's just, it's great. It's a classic. It's easy to play. It's got some good addition. Great matching skills. And they, they, you know, we have the regular Carcassonne edition. There are expansions as well. Oh yeah, there's tons of. And them. then I believe they have a children's edition, but we don't. Do. We don't own the children's edition yet. We don't have my first Carcassonne. We really felt that um, we were able to modify the rules well enough with the regular. So uh, initially, when we would play, we wouldn't play for scoring. We would just play to make a large, mm-hmm. you know, map basically, and just work on her matching skills yeah. and her tile laying skills. And then eventually we started some very simple scoring mechanics with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's at the level where we can play a little bit more, but it's great. There's also, um, so extra, you know, extra ways to score little bits of extra shields and different ways to score extra points and things. Um, and it's been it's been great. It's been um, it's just one of those games that I feel 
everybody should have in their collection. Yeah, and you can get it pretty much at every store now, and like Walmart and Target. Yeah, it's you, very you, mainstream. Very mainstream, and you get a pretty cheap copy, and they're always on sale on Amazon too. So, absolutely, definitely one to put in there. In there, and I also use the tiles as kind of like uh, manipulatives as well. I remember doing that a long time ago. You know, just the the act of drawing tiles and. Whenever you do little type of matching games and things of that nature, I'll choose one that has a road, choose one that has a city, and then I'll let you know, give them all the city tiles, and they can assemble their own little cities. And it, there's endless amount of like play involved into it, and because it is such a simple, it has such a simple dynamic. Um, we have a few other games that are kind of those tile-based games, but you know, this type of game is, I think, just a really, it's a wholesome game, great family game. It has a lot of longevity. Definitely play this with grandparents. Yeah, it's a solid pick. One one note that we would make, um, it, it, this is one of those games where, you know, somebody's going to draw a tile and they're going to think about where they want to put it, which means that there could be a time, you know, mm. for those people that like to really take their time. We love to take all the tiles and put them in a bag. Um, and so what we have is we have, uh, as soon as your turn is over, you draw a new tile from the bag that you keep secret and then you pass the bag on so that everybody basically has has one whole round to think about where they're going to put that tile. That's yeah. not in the official <laughs> rules. I, I don't know. It's not in our older official rules. Maybe they've changed it. Yeah, but we're, we're big. We're big fans of flow. We want to keep the right. game flowing, especially keep when you're moving. if you are playing with people who tend to do the the agonizing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a great way to kind of alleviate that. We we've talked about other games before where we you know we like the idea where everybody's playing every single time. You know, like Space Base or something. Seven like Wonders. Seven Wonders is another good example of that where everybody's playing on every single turn and that can really keep the game fun and, and, and does you don't get the lulls in the game, especially if you're playing with four people or multiple people it can tend to really bog down. So I, you know, I agree with you implementing that type of like, you know, draw, play, draw again, and now you get a little bit of time to think about it. Plus you also get to think about it in terms of what you think other people are going to do. So as they lay those down, that might change a little bit of your dynamic and your strategy, but it allows you to, you know, move the game along at a quicker space, uh, quicker pace. So definitely head out there, find a, a copy of Carcassonne. It's absolutely it, it's a classic. I think we'll must. probably own this game forever. Yeah, it's it, one of those. Games. Even if you're not really a, a necessarily a game schooling, you know, you're you're into that. I think Carcassonne is is one of those things that it needs to be on everybody's shelf because it is such a such a great game. It's so dynamic. You know, if if you own a box of Candyland and Monopoly. Um, there's no reason why you don't. You shouldn't have a, a copy of Carcassonne. There, yeah, you don't have to be a gamer to play this game. We've played it with grandparents, with young children, with people who've come over and have said, "I don't really board game. You know, I'm not into those really complex games. Mm-hmm. This is just um, it works for all levels. It, yeah, all levels and, and all experiences. Like it's a very social game. Mm-hmm. It's um not very heavy on the mental calculation no not at all um you can you can easily easily sit back with a you know a beer or a glass of wine and chat i mean i think it's a requisite prerequisite (laughs) it is a medieval time i mean the only thing you're missing is like a mead and maybe some (laughs) some mutton stew or something like that it's good too you know it plays two to five player it's hard sometimes to play to find five player games so that's another good Mm. strike for it um yeah two to five player takes about 30 to 40 minutes maybe to play around it's it's not too long depends really how long it takes you to make your decisions mm-hmm. um and like we said i think you could i think you'd solidly play this with maybe ages six and up um mm-hmm. but we we obviously do have played it with our four and, and now five-year-old um with a little bit of modification so it's, de- it's definitely a solid choice 
Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling. So I have a song no. that I was singing, and I was thinking I might I might add it to our YouTube channel, like the daddy sing-alongs. What was it? You have your ch-ch-ch-chin, and your sh-sh-shoulder, and your thigh, and oh. I'm a qu-qu-queen. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder she was talking to me about thighs and chins today. I was like, what is going on? On. Those are the super secrets of the homeschool room. Mm. Super secret. Those are that's that's like not even blooper worthy. This is like Patreon level worthy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Join our Patreon that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs>